Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com Wrestling Podcast, March 1st edition. Can't believe it's already March, you guys. If you all haven't been to Fightful.com, head over there. This weekend, we have UFC 209 coverage, live post-show podcast after. WWE Fastlane, live post-show podcast after, of course. And we have Bellator coverage this Friday as they crown a new featherweight champion, new women's featherweight champion. Uh, I spoke to Kendall Grove and Marlouz Kunin ahead of that. We have those exclusives up on Fightful.com. Now we're here with the man who invented Fightful.com. Really, I'm pretty sure he invented the internet as a whole. Yeah, my name is Jimmy Van Zuckerberg. <laughs> How you doing, Sean? Uh, you know, you know. Did you catch that that trash fire of a podcast I did last night? Oh, I'm going to talk about the podcast. I'm going to talk about the podcast. I'm going to accept Jeff's apology on your behalf. I'm going to accept that. Yeah, we're going to get to it. And as you can see, you see uh, Virgil behind me. We're starting to dress him up a little bit. Oh, oh no! We're starting to dress him up a little. We're gonna. We're gonna. We got more more stuff to come. But that's just a start. Do, do I need to send you that right there behind my globe? Uh you know, I might. I might need to have that. What's the one that's next another, to it? That is a title that I won in a local indie. It kind of looks like the uh, Intercontinental title a little bit from here. Just a basic replica. It, it, like if you've been to an indie show that doesn't have their own belt made, they probably used that belt. And there's yeah. a tag team title back there that actually I'm technically still a holder of. I don't know if they'll run shows anymore. but Very cool. I also We also worked with the angling because somebody actually complained last week that my face was covered by the little watermark thing on the screen. Yeah. So we actually work with the angling because I'm here to appease everybody, Sean. I'm here to appease everybody. Then you might want to so, turn off your camera altogether if you're doing that. If I want to appease that guy, then yes, I should. <laughs> yes, I should. Oh, man. Uh, you, you got some haters. I, I will say this. Last night during that podcast, go ahead. Go back and watch it, you guys. I've never gotten more Twitter feedback from a podcast than that one in my life, and it was unanimously positive. <laughs> You realize it was only positive because Anna was on that show and everybody that tweeted about that were male. You don't think that I know? You don't think that I didn't message her in a panic saying, please come save this show, Anna? Right. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. And also, uh, I actually wrote some stuff down because, as you know, I have my list. The list? You, did you print it out? I always do. Look. You printed You didn't even do it by hand. You Dude, had, let me ask you, let me ask you, you, you a you question. You typed it up. You thought it up. I you did. typed it up. You probably didn't even type it up. You probably had Nigel or Lindsay do it. Then no, you so, had somebody else print it out, didn't you? So as things come to my head, I actually email myself. I email myself whenever something comes to my head, and then I gather it all up into one fine little document on Wednesday morning. That's what I do. So I, I took some notes, and uh, so talking about the SmackDown podcast, so I want to make sure I got everything correct. So you guys, you were referencing sexual acts. 
Yeah. Uh, you, you somehow, somehow found a way to segue. And th- this is what, one of the things that's good about you. You found a way to segue from a sexual act to a product plug, which is pretty huh. impressive. Uh, You even said that you would just reach your last And we're talking about a real plug. A literal plug is what you get when you take that on at T+. I'm sure you would know. Uh, You would know. Hey. Hey. And then my other question that I have to ask you, going back to to the podcast, we all know that you are obsessed with Ellsworth's hog, right? Yeah, sure I am. And you talk about it every week that I talk to you. Sometimes you text me at night to ask you what I think about it because you're really obsessed with it. I'm ready for Hogs Mania 33. I really Why am. is it why is it that up until last night you never wanted to talk about the Tom Phillips plane erection but you're cool talking about Ellsworth's hog. Like why is it that you blacklist one but you're cool with the other one? Okay, here was the situation. He was outed on social media. And not only was he outed on social media, his fiance who had nothing to do with the situation was also brought up in it. I thought that was a bad – if that woman really wanted to let his fiance know, it ain't that hard to track her down. It ain't that hard to track anybody on social media down. I, I, the, the manner in which that woman approached it, I didn't want to give her any more publicity. Because she went to the trouble of saying, a high-profile WWE announcer. So right. like, what if I had done it? What if you had done it? What if uh, – my neighbor down the street would have done it. Would it even have been posted on Instagram? Yeah, they I would have know. said they would have said a high profile fightful dot com uh, play by play podcaster. Sure, and and you know what? If he did that and it was unprovoked, then he's a real dick. He is. Uh, but I don't know what was said before that. If he said that and it was like she didn't do anything to provoke that, that's super creepy. That's not okay. But, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to give it that much more attention. I'll talk about it on a podcast, but when you put something in writing, I think it's a little bit a little bit different. I mean, he should have been smarter knowing that he has a personality, even though he's not an A-list personality in wrestling. He's still a personality, so he should probably have been smarter than that. Uh-huh. He, he probably was also dumb enough to trust her, thinking that she's not going to blast his message across social media. So hopefully he's learned a lesson. My, 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 my imagine that Imagine if social media existed in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh-huh. or even the 2000s. And you know what? I have this conversation sometimes with friends of mine about how a guy like Justin Bieber, who gets shit on a lot for the things that he does, you think that guys in the 70s and 80s weren't doing worse stuff than what he's done, but there weren't cameras around to track is at their every move. That's the, that's the biggest difference. Yeah. What else you got on this list? I got lots of stuff on the list today. So, uh, okay, I want to ask you your opinion because you're the one that always asks questions. So I'm going to show you the respect to ask you your opinion, even though you're never afraid to share your opinion. But uh, what do you think of the handling so far of the TNA acquisition by Anthem? What do you think? Well, it remains to be seen. Uh, Here's the thing. They started doing these tapings. I'm trying to do this without pausing, they started doing these tapings more frequently with less days. Now, that's going to avoid burnout from the wrestlers at a little bit at a little bit of a higher rate, but they're letting literally their two needle movers go, Matt and Jeff Hardy. They're wanting to go out on the road, and you don't have Matt and Jeff Hardy, that's a mistake because otherwise you're going to sell like 300 tickets. No disrespect to a lot of the people I'm friends with in that company, uh, but – those are the needle movers. As much as I love Moose and EC3 and all that, like that might not get a 45-year-old person who hasn't watched wrestling in years mm. to say, hey, let's go to Lexington Legends Stadium or whatever it is and watch TNA because EC3 and Moose are there. It would get me to go there. I'd go there. But the casuals know Matt and Jeff Hardy. I thought, and, that, I thought that they were going to go back to the old stomping grounds in uh, Orlando for the tapings. I mean, just studio. They, I mean, if they go on the road. Uh, I don't think they're going on the road. They're not going Live on the road. Anthem, Anthem wants to. Anthem wants to real bad. They'll do it if it's sold shows. I think well, that, they got Jeff Jarrett. Right, and he's the king of the minor league ballpark, so they could do something yeah. next summer with that. Now, right. when you let Maria and Mike Bennett go, no big deal. They're not yeah. needle movers at all. No disrespect to them. Jade, not a needle mover, but she's an important cog in that. Uh, I would be shocked if she's not in that WWE women's tournament and if they don't sign her very soon, right? Because you got a, you got a girl who's worked on TV. She looks great, has a good physique. 
Drew Galloway is a person who I've said, you want to talk about a guy who already knows how to work on TV. You put him on NXT, you have a storyline where he says, I was Vince McMahon's chosen one. I want to be again. Or I was Vince McMahon's chosen one. He released me. Fuck Vince McMahon. That's that's a solid NXT storyline right there, and you got a guy who already knows how to work on TV. How has Anthem handled it? Mm-hmm. I like the people they're bringing back. I like that they're bringing back Dutch Mantel. I like that they brought back Jeff Jarrett. I like that, like that they brought back some of those people. They lost Dave Lagana. I think that hurt. Um, they brought back Bruce Pritchard, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question. So. Uh, do you really think Dutch Mantel in 2017 is going to be effective on creative? Isn't he older? I don't than, know. I guess we'll find out this week. He's older than Mr. Man, isn't he? He is, but there's a lot of really old, really creative guys out there. I guess, but when you're when your target audience is a, a a fraction of your age, I mean, how up to speed are you on what they're going to like? I mean, I guess hey, hey, he might not be. He might not be at all. Yeah, uh, I guess he might be terrible. So here's here's think, here's how I look at it. So. You know, I think it's been poor, though, Anthem's handling of it. Well, poor when, you, when you look at UFC, and UFC has been getting shit on hard, or, or not UFC, but WME, their new owners, have been getting shit on hard for the way they've handled the yeah. UFC because they cut a lot of the ranked talent. They cut a lot of the office staff. Uh, they're making decisions people question. I look at, I look at uh, WME, at least they have a viable money-making product in the UFC, at least they're still able to go after guys like George St. Pierre. They're still able to go after the cream of the crop when it comes to talent. TNA was starting out from a position of weakness already. Uh, and now Anthem comes in. They've spent millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Uh, the only thing that they have, I think, to help them in the future make money were guys like the Hardy Boys. Uh, Drew Galloway, I think it's questionable whether whether he's real money or not. But he, he was a guy that they were pushing. And not only did they let these guys go, but they tried to pull a fast one by changing the contract when Matt was ready to sign it. I yeah. I hear this stuff, and then I hear about how the guy, what's his name, Ed Nordholm, went on the road with Jeff Hardy, and I think they went to Mexico, and they went to the UK. and Jeff Hardy I, or Jeff Jarrett? Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff, Har- uh, Jeff Jarrett. I can't help but wonder if uh, the guys running Anthem are just wrestling fans, and, and they just like being around it. And they're kind of being fed a line of bullshit from Jeff Jarrett. Like, I, I, I question that. By the way, guys, uh, we have been inundated with, like, Matt Riddle TNA questions. He's going to answer that and a lot more on tomorrow's podcast. He leaves for Germany this weekend, so we'll probably do that uh, a little earlier. A little earlier. Um, yeah, you got to wonder if, if TNA is finding – and Shane hate, hated the term money mark, but ultimately that's what every promoter is. They're a money mark. They have money. They're promoting. They're trying to make more money. Yeah, but the difference is that Vince McMahon would never let his personal feelings really get in the way. Um, ah, that's not true. Well, He's done that a million times. Yeah, maybe, but Vince McMahon would – let's say that Vince McMahon is a really big fan of Pat Patterson in the, in the, in the early to mid-'80s. He sure as hell not making Pat Patterson the WWE champion. Right. Just because just because they're really tight. He always understood that there's a difference between between business and and personal feelings. When I hear that the CEO uh, is is first of all, he he rehired Jeff Jarrett, who everybody knows was the original uh, uh, creator of TNA with his dad. He brings him back with all due respect to Jeff Jarrett. He's kept himself relevant and for many years in wrestling. Jeff Jarrett has done nothing, in my opinion, in wrestling since he sold TNA to Dixie Carter. What has he done of any relevance? He, has. he, he hasn't done anything. He joined the Bullet Club. He joined the Bullet Club. Right. Good for him. He joined the Bullet Club. GFW is bullshit. It, it, it's about yeah. as relevant as a promotion that you and I could start today. Uh, I, I just don't think he's done anything relevant. And so when I hear that this guy from, from Anthem is flying to all these different countries with Jeff Jarrett, I think Jeff Jarrett saw an opportunity to, to make some money. And he saw an opportunity to take this guy for a bit of a ride. And I feel like that's what's happening. I do. I, I feel like this Anthem guy doesn't know anything about wrestling and he's relying on Jarrett because Jarrett was the guy that was in there when they were having more success than what they've had lately. And I, I still believe that nothing's really going to come with TNA. I mean, they, they can bring back Bruce Pritchard all they want. How are they ever going to turn the corner unless they're able to sign The Rock or John Cena? Uh, otherwise, how are they going to 
do anything. Also, they, they, they are no longer seeking out Alberto, Alberto Del Rio, who could have helped in the Hispanic market. That ain't happening anymore, apparently. Big John Gaboric was the one pushing for him, and he's got a lesson rolling. Here's the thing with Gaboric that I'll talk about. I get really mixed responses in regards to him. Uh, the benefit, he saw a lot of potential in guys like EC3, mm-hmm. Eli Drake, and Bram. Bram has had a lot of personal troubles. A guy, the guy is a hell of a character. Eli Drake, I think, is fantastic on the mic. A lot of people think that he's too much like The Rock. I think it works for him. He's been great. EC3, I really don't need to go into how great he has been for that company. He's He's been the glue in that company for a couple of years, I think. But the issue is when they saw the success of people like that, they went out and they tried to get people exactly like that. They tried to make Mike Bennett that. Mike Bennett ain't that. Mm-hmm. Um, they went out and signed a bunch of people who were the exact same, who didn't do anything you couldn't see anywhere else. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Back in the day, I remember 10 years ago, I used to tune into TNA and I would get treated to 20 minutes of like uh, Sanjay Dutt, Petey Williams, mm-hmm. uh, the X Division, this uh, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley. And I'm like, man... This is something different. This is something special. Now, everybody works that style now, but then you find something different. Mm-hmm. TNA did that. When everybody started to work that style, they took those crew, those X-Division guys, and they were like, you know what? Let's put them with Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. Let's see what they can do with Kevin Nash. And they put on some of the most entertaining wrestling TV I've ever seen by bullshitting for five to six minutes a show. You, you just don't see a lot of that anymore. The wedding segment last week I thought was it was good. But any wrestling's hit or miss these days. But uh, I, I really – I miss those days when TNA – like if I missed TNA, I felt like I was missing something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in your opinion now, unless Spike TV comes along tomorrow, which they won't, but unless Spike TV comes along tomorrow or a major television network, do you think TNA has any chance of, of getting back to where they were? Because Dutch Mantel's not going to do it. Jeff Jarrett's not going to do it. Bruce Pritchard's not going to do it. Uh, letting the Hardy Boys go isn't going to do it. Do you see any opportunity? The Fight Network in Canada sure as fuck is not going to do it because nobody yeah. watches the Fight Network in Canada. Do you think there's anything that they can do or do you think that they're just going to be spending money and spending money and keeping it afloat because they're fans and going in that direction? They're going to stay exactly where they are if unless they get on a bigger network. That's... That's it, and I can't see why anybody would want them on a bigger network at this point. No, Go yeah. back and watch TNA from 2012 or 2013. You would think that those shows happened today, and if you watch the, pro- the, the quality of production today, you would think those happened in like 07, 08. Not you just that, but that- when, they're, when they're currently doing about 250,000 viewers a week in the U.S., any major network would look at it like, I'm doing you a favor by putting you on my network, so why should I pay you for your content? They have a backstage worker who gets twice the amount of viewership as them on a podcast. There you go. Who would that be? When we start advertising, when we start advertising <laughs> the Shane Elf podcast, they're gonna have they're gonna have another one. They're there just, you go. They, hey, TNA, Jeff, Jarrett, you want to come do a podcast with us? Come <laughs> on. Well, I mean, it might pay him more than the gold does, but uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I, I want very much for TNA there's stuff to work out. It also doesn't happen when you're help when your lead announcer is on Twitter telling people to kill themselves. Maybe cut that out. Well, we know that Josh Matthews is your, is your favorite announcer. You've talked about it many times. You're a big fan. So it's cool. I, I don't like his announcing. I think he's, he's a very good employee to have. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa. Alex, he's, he's Alex. the, he's the best at what he does, Sean. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've heard that he does like tireless work. Like he works a ton of jobs. So, I mean, he is, he is a very, maybe, maybe he's got that sense of like invincibility about him, but he does a lot of stuff for them, but maybe he should get with a social media guy and be like, uh, let's Mm -hmm. fix this. All right. Let's go on to the next one on my list. Sure. And this is kind of related. And again, I want your opinion. In your opinion, what are the chances, legitimately, what are the chances of the Hardys and Drew Galloway having success in WWE if they were to get picked up by WWE? It depends on what you mean by success. 
Uh, six, six figure six figure contracts no no no, no 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 I'm not, I'm not talking about their contract because contracts are only you know they're, they're they're hardly worth the paper they're written on most of the time i'm talking about are they going to get over are they going to be handled well creatively uh do you think that they're going to actually become something do you think that they're going to be dead in the water in six months like what do you what do you think would happen they'll have their initial pop they'll have their initial angles hardy's might get a tag title run Drew Galloway might get an NXT title run or U.S. Intercontinental, and then we'll see them right in the mid-card thing where they always have been, except for Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy Jeff Hardy can't keep up at this stage. You think he's keeping up with an AJ Styles or a John Cena or a you're Kevin right. Owens? Ain't no way Jeff Hardy's keeping up with them these days. No, you're right. I, I think that Drew Galloway would be an NXT guy, like you said. I think NXT would be the perfect fit for him. I think the problem with Matt Hardy is that I think that he would be so handcuffed creatively in WWE. He was carte blanche in TNA. Uh, and obviously, that's not going to happen in WWE. I could see that being a problem. I could see because Vince isn't going to understand his character. So I, I could see that being a problem. And I do think that they look at Jeff as being more valuable than Matt because they're still thinking 10 years ago. And so I think they'd want to split him up eventually. They'd want Jeff to go do the swanton and they want him to go on the turnbuckles with the face paint and do the stupid hand signs. And so I, I, I question if they would have a lot of success long-term in WWE. Like you said, I think the first month would be great, but a year down the road, I don't know. I want to see an angle backstage where Naomi, Baron Corbin, Sasha Banks, and Jeff Hardy all have to read from a script and talk to each other. Right. Because that would be uh, – that would be cornier than the main event segment last night, which we will also talk about. I mean, I think that Matt Hardy could make that work because he would improvise, but I think that, Matt's great. Yeah. Matt's Matt's always been great, but Jeff always Yeah, he would read word for word and look stupid. And that's But I mean the, the thing is it works where he is now because being cheesy and corny is the the gimmick. That yeah. is the thing. I guess. I guess. Like the narcolepsy and that yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, you were one of those people who were telling me when this happened, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is I terrible. Mean, doing the sleeper and then getting narcolepsy and falling asleep. Come on. It was stupid. It was <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it was dumb as hell. It people really people already know that wrestling is predetermined. That doesn't mean that you have to throw it on their faces. I thought it was dumb. And I, I thought a guy like Jeff Hardy should have known better. I thought it was stupid. Well, he is the type of guy who does like giant jumps on motorcycles like a few days before he goes to taping. So True, true. So next thing I want to do is uh, I took a few notes during Raw on Monday night. And I want, yeah. to, I want to ask for your thoughts on a few of these things. And these are all very quick because we can move on to uh, letting you host the show. So the, the first thing I want to ask you is, Noam Dar, why does he zip up his jacket on the way to the ring? I don't know. I don't know why you would wear jackets and not pants anyway. I mean, it's, I don't mind him wearing the jacket, but he walks out. He has the thing unzipped like to his chest. And then on his way to the ring, he zips it up to his neck. Then he goes to the ring and takes it off. And I, 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 I don't get it. Why does he do that? I don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. Well, that's why but, you're here, because you're supposed to give me the answer. So you got to look into that for me. Well, I can't pretend that I've reached out to my <laughs> WWE sources and said, hey, guys, why does Noam Dar do this? I can. I have an in with Noam Dar, Dar or whatever the hell his name no, is. So. Noam Dar. Okay. There's something for you to do your sleuthing and trolling for next week and find out the answer to that for me. Yeah. I'll save the answer for next week. Yeah, do week. that. Here's my next one, and I, I think you and I have talked about this before. Why is it that wrestlers all of a sudden are spinning around their opponent's body, like spinning around to the other side before a cover because they want to make sure that their mug is in the camera shot? Like who tells WWE these, makes them. I, WWE. I, I get that, but how does that make any sense? So, so I was watching – so Nia Jax did it a couple weeks ago, and because she's a, a bit of a bigger girl, it was effort for her to like run around Bailey in order, mm-hmm. to, in order to make the cover. And then uh, the latest one was uh, Tazawa. Tazawa on uh, on Raw had to like run around to the other side to make a cover. It just looks so stupid. Ryback used to do it too, and it, it's just so dumb. And uh, and so I needed to bring it up because it annoyed me when I saw it. You would think that they don't have like four cameramen ringside, right? Right. I mean, they have at least three, no? Don't they? They, they have several. Yeah. I, I don't get it. You just. And I saw 
a Bailey Charlotte match a few weeks ago where there were 11 camera cuts in nine seconds. Right. There's no reason that the the camera or the production crew can't cut to a facing angle of that. It's it's another one of those weird things that I think will be abandoned when Kevin Dunn and maybe Vince McMahon are not there. I think that will be abandoned. Well, you never know. Maybe if people in WWE are watching your stuff, Sean, maybe if they do have you on the radar, they're going to hear this and they're going to abandon some of this bullshit. What do you think? I don't think anybody's watching my stuff after last night. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a banner, uh, a banner uh, event for you. Oh, man. So this next thing I want to bring up, I, I had noticed this before, but I hadn't noticed it being as prevalent as I did on Monday Night Watching Raw. And it was prevalent to the point that I, I found it laughable. So I wanted to bring this up. Have you noticed that, you know, when they do the live event, uh, live event updates with Kathy Kelly or whatever her name is? Yeah. So have you noticed during the live event updates, and then of course Michael Cole's the worst because Michael Cole is just a corporate shill, that they mention the nicknames of the wrestlers. Uh, and the nicknames of the wrestlers are also stupid because they're, they're created by some idiot you know, in a, in, a, in a room. They mention their names, but they do it in a serious manner, even though it sounds ludicrous. So I'm going to give you an example. So th- this was when they were talking about a live event coming to Toronto. Uh, and they referred to these people as the guy, Roman Reigns, leader of the Valor Club, Finn Balor, the underdog from the underground, Sami Zayn. Then when, uh, when Roman Reigns ran out on Raw to, uh, I think it was jumping Braun Strowman, uh, Michael Cole said, here comes the big dog with a purpose. And then when Braun Strowman took out Roman Reigns, Michael Cole said, the monster among men is just too much. Do they not realize that sounds retarded? Do they not realize it? Well, I've got to shit can my radio idea because I was pitching to you a radio spot where I'd be like, what's up, you guys? Come to Fightful.com where you can check out the eccentric billionaire Jimmy Van. Right. The Hurricane Shane Helms. The main event Elias Theodoru. The shit-eating wild man Matt Riddle. Uh, uh, Keep going because I want to hear your nickname for yourself. Keep going. The God of Podcasting. (laughs) We call it Godcasting. The lover of the hog, Sean Ross App. How dare you? But it sounds so stupid. Sounds so stupid. By the way, I didn't show you. I did show you this, actually. Let's just take a look at this over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Where you I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this. Where you got your Fightful.com shirts. Yeah. I always said I wouldn't have my own shirt. I was wrong. I was wrong, guys. Look at that. Look at that. Your boy. <laughs> Your boy. Isn't that beautiful? It's magnificent. I hope you sell at least one to yourself. I really hope you do. I will. I, I absolutely hope you do. will. Uh, and then the last question I have for you, the last thing I have for you, I'm still looking at, at these nicknames I wrote down, like the underdog from the underground. I, oh, mm-hmm. it's so terrible. They, they are terrible. But the last thing I want to, I want to ask you about your opinion. Why is it that certain talent when they're brought into WWE from TNA or from the independence, certain talent is allowed to keep their name. So AJ Styles is still AJ Styles and Samoa Joe is still Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode is still Bobby Roode. But then they have Cassius Ono. Uh, they have, uh, well, Kevin Owens, I guess, isn't terrible. But, you know, Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn. Why do you think they, ch- they pick and choose? Do you think that they think, well, Samoa Joe is a made man, so we look foolish with change his name. But Cassius Ono, even though everybody knows it's Chris Hero, yeah. it's Cassius Ono. Like, well, why I do mean, you, how do you think that? Not everybody knows. Like, if... If I went to my cousin's house, he knows who Samoa Joe and AJ Styles are. The reason I've always been told, because I've wondered many a times, I've always been told it's national television exposure versus no television exposure. That's what it is, really? That's, that's what I was told. Now, that's in their situation. What happens if EC3, if they buy TNA and EC3 gets picked up? Right. You think they call him Derek Bateman? You think they call him EC3? Does he want to be called EC3 by that point? Because... If right. you're referred to as Ethan Carter on WWE TV, there's a good chance you're going to be running some stupid gimmick as a rib on Dixie Carter pretty soon. Uh, that's putting her over too much. WWE's not even going to bother. Oh, you think they won't, but they will. You think They'll, so? Oh, my God. They, they're they so petty. But she was, so petty. she was irrelevant to the business. 
to them? Like, why would they, why would they care? Relevant people. I suppose. I suppose. I don't know. But I, I just thought that was interesting because, uh, I was watching raw and, and I was just, you know, doing a little bit of internet surfing and stuff. And it just kind of hit me, Bob, they got Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, but Cassius Ono and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And I thought that was interesting. I, I wondered if maybe it's because of Triple H's influence because guys like Styles and Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode have come in since Hunter has gotten more influence. So do you think maybe potentially if Hunter had been there two, three years ago doing what he's doing now, Kevin Steen would have been, or Kevin Owens would have been Kevin Steen. Like, do you think that's possible? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's possible. But um, in a couple of instances, like, I mean, like, what else are you going to call Samoa Joe? Are you going to call him Samoan Johnny or something? <laughs> or? <laughs> I think Anna made a good, a good point on her video when she referred to Roman Reigns as the other Samoa Joe. Because that's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It so, they, they had we had all said that the Joe versus Roman Reigns match was Samoa Joe versus a Samoan named Joe. That's absolutely right. Yeah, that's good. They should put that on a poster. They should. That's all I got. So my list is done. You go ahead. Okay, we'll talk about a couple things. The first thing I want to bring up: the news broke right before this podcast. Bruce Pritchard, who has an insanely successful podcast, I'm talking like reaching top fifteen in the world. Period among all podcasts, not just among wrestling. Brought back by TNA, I, also in an on-screen role from what I understand. Oh, really? I think it's smart for them to hitch their wagon to that. I mean, if you, if there is any crossover, mm-hmm. sure. But I'll say this. I really hope the, the quality of his show doesn't suffer as a result because it really is something special. That, that show is very fun to listen to. It's it's a top listen. Um, I mean, he, he I think only he, does the show for like an hour a week, right? Oh, no, it's like two, three hours a week, okay. but he, he makes big money off of that. He makes very, very good money off of that show. I think he has more of a future in podcasting than there is in TNA because it really is a phenomenon. Like, If you think about it, though, going back to TNA means that he's going to have more content to talk about on the podcast, mm-hmm. right? So maybe he's thinking, it's, maybe he's looking, true. he might be looking at that too about, oh, As now, an investment, yeah. Right, right, yeah. And as far as TNA goes, I mean, again, I, I question why they would be hiring all these people because um, they've, they've already spent so much money. But at the same time, I think they're, they're at least looking in the right direction because you need better creative than what they had. And I don't think you can do any worse than where they were at. So a guy like Scott Demore should help them. A guy like Bruce Pritchard should help them. So good move for them, I guess. I guess we'll see what happens. When I see the success of the retro podcast, I'm like, yeah, damn, I really wish Vince would have went for that uh, idea we pitched to You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Boom for months. Maybe he's thinking the same thing. Didn't you say he's moving now to like Alabama or something? And he's moving to Indiana. Indiana. Now, granted, I'm not going to say that had we done a retro show with Vince Russo like we wanted to do from the beginning, it would have exploded this much. Conrad Thompson, the big part of that success too. Right. Like he's very, very good. But that would have been neat. We, I did, I did a bunch with him at another site, but um, they were very short, and I didn't have as much freedom to. <laughs> To strike him down whenever he would bullshit. What do you mean? As much as I, explain that. I had to handle him with kid gloves a little bit. Well, I mean, because he's sensitive. Is that what you mean? No, 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 no. Well, maybe because maybe because 
they thought he was sensitive. I don't think he was. Hey, I had it out with Vince for an hour on the phone one time because I thought he treated our readers and viewers stupid, to be quite honest. You and- know, when I when I was first negotiating with Vince, uh, and uh, I again, I'm not gonna not gonna knock Vince because he was more or less easy to no, deal I love with. Vince. But when we were negotiating the deal, uh, I once said to him, "Don't bullshit a bullshitter." Because he he was telling me stuff that I thought was not true. And so I said, don't bullshit a bullshitter. And he got very offended by that. He got yeah. really offended by that. And uh, and part of me thought, oh, is this a sign of things to come that he's going to be sensitive? But he was fine for the most part. He was part, great to work with. He yeah. was awesome to work with. I've, I've had better chemistry with fewer people. Uh, I love working with Vince. I'd always do a show with Vince. I tried to do a thing where he'd make a cameo a couple months ago on a show, but – uh, our schedules didn't match up, but uh, yeah, he ultimately Vince just didn't have it in him to cover wrestling yeah. anymore. And a sometimes people get like that. And after all he went through, I can't really blame him. He's been through a lot personally. Yeah, uh, over several months. So why is he moving to Indiana? And, What's the reason he's moving to Indiana? I don't know. I feel like maybe he grew up there, or his family grew up there, or something. I don't know. I, he's from I need New to York, isn't him. he? Isn't he from New York? He's got the thick accent and everything. Yeah, he's been all around. I know he's he's been all around. And a lot of people were like, well, he covered a Royal Rumble show. How do you feel about that? And I was like, <laughs> I have notes to be prepared for it. I don't blame him. He should have done a Royal Rumble show. I mean, why wouldn't he? Let, I mean, let's be, be honest. I mean, let, let's be completely honest. If Vince Russo is going to keep doing his own podcast and not talk wrestling, he is no longer going to do his podcast. Because I think, I think he'll be able to make it work. I really do. You really think so? Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't know. Man. I do. I don't know. I've I've seen the massive amount of followers that he has, man. Like, yeah, but the wrestling think, people, the wrestling fans. I don't care. I think they just like hearing him talk. And mm-hmm. if you can do that, more power to you. Uh, I can say if we ever have Vince back, which I wouldn't mind, it wouldn't be to cover anything current. Right. Like, I agree. Never, never, ever. Because see, that's not where his heart is. And who knows if his heart would even be in something else like that. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, miss working with Vince. He was he was a lot of fun to work with, even though we did have it out a few times. I mean, ultimately, I knew the writing was on the wall when when one of his raw reviews was like uh, raw <laughs> as ten, something as, as a ten year old boy or something like that. Yeah, that couldn't yeah, happen anymore. No, no, that couldn't happen anymore. And that, that was a product of him not being motivated. And sometimes that show will put you in that mood. It will put you in that mood. I guess. Randy Orton burned a structure down last night. Yeah. I had somebody, I had a couple people who were pissy, all downright upset. Really? They said, Sean, if you don't see the entertainment in that, you're an idiot. I was like, well, I didn't see the entertainment in it. I didn't like it, but mm. the crowd liked it. The crowd got over, or it got over with the crowd. It got over with the YouTube audience. It's become a big hit on the on the company's YouTube, and I said last night, not my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but it worked, so what does it matter? Do you think it got over because, number one, it was Randy Orton doing a babyface turn, it would seem? Uh, do you think maybe it got over because it was just something different? I, who, who knows, and who cares why it got over? Or it do you over. think, because let me ask you this question. So after he burned it down, he actually did his pose outside of the burning building. I watched that thinking to myself, that's intentional comedy right there. That's like beautiful, inten- uh, unintentional, I should say. Beautiful, unintentional comedy when Randy Orton does his pose in front of the burning building. It could have got yeah. over for that reason. Right? I don't know. It's got an awful lot of likes on on the YouTube thing. And usually anything that people construe as cheesy doesn't. It has a, a mixture. You know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for the cameraman that got burned alive in that building. Because he was looking in the camera, talking the whole time, left the, 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 whatever the hell that place was, the house, whatever, left the house. Then they cut to another camera angle when he's outside. <laughs> that poor cameraman, he murdered a cameraman last night. Randy Orton murdered that's, a cameraman. That's very true. Uh, we're going to get a connecting the dots from Alex Palowski about that for sure. But yeah, guys, just because I think something's corny doesn't mean that I think it was a bad idea to do. Apparently, it was a great idea to do because the crowd loved it and it got a bunch of hits. I think that the YouTube rankings that we do are the best way to individually assess what people want to see or what 
people are going out of their way to see. This isn't a quarter-hour number that is iffy at best because WWE doesn't run segments at every quarter hour. They do some quarter hours, Mm -hmm. but you have some that overlap. You have commercials. I think quarter hours are archaic and pointless. I think the YouTube thing is a little more accurate. Do you think that the the live crowd at WrestleMania is going to babyface uh, Bray? Yeah. I think so, too. I think so, too. And do you think, seeing what you see right now, that Bray's going to retain the title? He should. But do you think he will? Um, yeah. No, 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 no. I no? think Orton will win, and AJ will run a program with him. I think, yeah, because they were going to do that like a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see Bray retain the title. I, I've been a big fan of Bray since he came out. I would love to see him uh, retain. But I still think that in Vince McMahon's mind, Orton and Cena are his big two stars, and Roman Reigns, I guess, are his big three stars. So uh, I think Orton's going to win, even though, like you, I think Bray should. So a little bit of MMA stuff. GSP facing Michael Bisping later this year. This is big. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be... I gotta say that'll be a big weekend for the site. We'll, you know, we yeah. got a lot of people who have worked with him, who have trained with him. A lot of people that are close to the GSP camp on our site, so we're gonna have some good information on that one. Facing Michael Bisping for the middleweight championship, GSP has never competed at middleweight. Mm-hmm. Joel Romero looked poised for that title shot. Now, mm-hmm. there is certainly justification in taking that away from Joel Romero. He had that crazy fight against Tim Kennedy that was controversial at best. He had a USADA violation that ended up being not a USADA violation. And then he was given a win over Jacare Souza that many disputed. Uh If I'm the UFC, Jimmy, I put Romero Jacare too on the undercard of that in case one of these two guys falls out. But I want to know what you think about the line of thinking in title fight. Uh, So first off, if if I'm Romero, I am trying to use this to push myself. Uh, because let's be honest, and it's the same thing with WWE, business is business. Uh, Sean Pearson, who's one of the guys that does a, our MMA podcast every week, he was very clear in saying that the rankings don't mean shit in, in the UFC because they don't. It's the reason why Chael Sonnen, and I'm, again, I'm trying to put this into wrestling context for people. Chael Sonnen, who uh, he was a contender in a lower weight class and lost a title fight, his very next fight he was given a title shot in the next weight class up, his very next fight. And they did it for business. They did it because he was a name and because he could talk. GSP is getting a title shot for the exact same reason. Rankings don't mean shit, and he's getting the title shot for business. My, my opinion is that if the fight goes down, and especially since WME, the UFC owners, are really uh, desperate for, uh, for numbers, if that fight goes down and if GSP wins the title, I bet you GSP's first title defense is Anderson Silva. I would put money on that, that his first title defense would be Anderson Silva. And so if I'm Romero, I would be using this to push myself because I tried to put this into wrestling terms. This would be kind of like AJ Styles uh, thinking that he should get the WrestleMania title shot, not getting it because Randy Orton gets it. Randy Orton, let's say, wins or loses, it doesn't really matter. AJ thinks he's next in line, and then WWE picks another name. I'm trying to think of a SmackDown name, maybe Dean Ambrose. Picks another SmackDown name, gives him the next title shot, and AJ Styles is basically standing off to the side, wondering when the hell am I going to get my title shot? Romero's the number one contender. He should be getting the next title shot, but he's yeah. not a needle mover. So it's going to be GSP. And again, I think if GSP wins, Silva's next. And that's that's business. That's just how it is. I wish that WWE and MMA would take more of each other's storylines. Like I mentioned, I put over a thing last night where David Otunga and JBL had a pretty interesting conversation during the Mickey James match where they said she hasn't been out of the out of the ring but can she stay at the pace of a woman who has been women's champion like Becky Lynch. I wish they would have taken it a step further and compared her, you know, not by name but compared her to the likes of uh, these guys who are jumping from UFC to Bellator and you know it's for a payday. Mm-hmm. I have a question, is she here to get paid or is she here to win? Um, I think that the UFC should I think Yo, Romero should take a page out of a lot of these books, say Bisping's ducking me. Mm-hmm. Because Romero probably is a tougher fight than GSP at this stage. Are you kidding me? I, I, I think Romero would destroy both of them. 
yeah, in, probably. in 2017. I, I think that if GSP won and then Romero was given the shot at GSP, he would just, and this is coming from a Canadian who's a fan of GSP, Romero would kill GSP in 2017. Yeah. But the problem is, is he's not selling tickets, you know? Yeah, he's not selling tickets. And the 170 issue is Tyrone Woodley probably beats GSP. And GSP is not, under any circumstances, going to fight Stephen Thompson. They're buddies. They are training partners. Uh, we'll have a story up on that uh, in the coming days. GSP used to call Stephen Thompson his secret weapon. He ain't a secret weapon anymore. Mm. I, I think it's a smart move from the UFC to to sell. They have to do it. To sell. They have to do it. And and you know the the purists that complain about this. And again, it's very much like pro wrestling when guys complain about The Rock getting a spot at WrestleMania. Like Punk was bitching about The Rock and Taker and all these guys getting spots at WrestleMania. You need those guys if you're going to maximize your revenue, and that is a fact. And so now the WME has spent four billion dollars on the UFC. In my opinion, they haven't really seen much of a return outside of one or two McGregor fights. I think McGregor's had, what, one fight since the purchase? Yeah. They have to do stuff like this to see a return, and that, that's, that's just how it is, you know? This also is not new. Matt Hughes fought Hoist Gracie like 11 years ago right. in a non-title fight while he was champion. Now, keep in mind, he was fresh off of a fight where – he didn't actually defend his title because the guy missed weight. So they went they went a year and a half and didn't have a title defense, but had a guy who was champion fight twice. So the Conor McGregor fighting Nate Diaz thing, mm-hmm. not new. The giving fights like this to big names, not new. And it's a winnable fight for GSP. So I mean, you could, I mean, let, and let's be honest again. Uh, you could have GSP, or forget even GSP, you could have Bisping versus Romero. Uh, and Romero, let's say, wins a shitty fight. Or you could have GSP versus Bisping. And it doesn't matter if the Romero fight's better than the GSP fight against Bisping. If the Romero pay-per-view does 100,000 buys and the GSP pay-per-view does 1.2 million, the quality of the fight doesn't matter. You know, it, it's it's what it draws at the end. So, And you know something? I, I tend to think that Romero's camp gets it. Like, I saw that they 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 threw a couple comments out about, oh, we, you know, we're happy for GSP and... We're going to comment soon. I think they get it. But like you said, I think Romero needs to come out and he needs to just step it up and he needs to use this in order to get himself over. If I was him, I'd be going all out in order, in order to, to, to push myself. So too bad he's not a better talker, but yeah, we'll see what comes out of it. Also, uh, guys, I will be doing them. I think I might be doing the Matt Riddle show a little earlier tomorrow. He's got to leave for Germany. Register absolutely free at Fightful.com. Uh, no credit card required. Get access to that. In a couple of weeks, I might do some shows like two members only that I will never unlist. Like I'll just ask you all whatever you all want me to talk about for a little while, and we'll do that. Uh, oh, we get those- whoa, whoa. Is, is this going to be an hour of talking about face-fucking and uh, Ellsworth's hog? And uh, is that going to be an hour of that? Is that why you're not going to list it? You never know what you'll get from your boy. <laughs> Shirts now available at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp. Nice plug. Nice plug. Yeah. That's that's what all the ladies say after I take that. On it T Plus, which you can get at Fightful.com by clicking that on it banner. I love how yeah, I love how I'm a married man. Guys. Not me. I'm using that on it T Plus. Also, I got that on it Alpha Brain. I'm here ready to work a UFC 209 show and fast lane. I, love I got how... that shroom tech. I, well, I'm in the middle of the plug, Jimmy. <laughs> I got that shroom tech to keep me up and going. <laughs> then when I finally go to sleep, I take that new mood. And damn, am I refreshed. Are you, okay, Jimmy. Are you telling me you're taking like 18 pills a day because you're taking like six different Onnit supplements a day? I take three. And then when I work out, I take the Onnit. T plus. I also loved how the married man said, that's what the ladies say when I take. I love I how will. you went into that. I, well, you know. <laughs> you think if Todd, if Todd Phillips, Tom Phillips can't swing that kind of a deal that I can't either? Ha! Ha! <laughs> with, the, with the wedding poster on the wall behind you. Yeah, two of them. <laughs> two of them. That's the best part. That's the best part. And, and the million dollar belt that she gifted yeah, me, yeah. by the way. Oh, man. You might be the real eccentric millionaire. You might be. 
I wish. I actually, wish. actually, let me ask you this question. So you like to jokingly call me the eccentric millionaire. Am I eccentric? Do you consider me eccentric? Jimmy, you have a fucking cardboard cutout of Virgil in the background right next to a championship belt custom with your company's logo on it. Okay, I didn't have... In, in, in <laughs> a studio that you had built to do this show. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't have a build just to do this show. I didn't build it just to do this show. We're going to be doing podcasts with every site that I own. This is just one of them. Ooh, I'm excited to get on some of those. Actually, you know what? I should, I should tell you this because you'll find this interesting. So tomorrow, there is something going on at a university in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know all the details because I'm not a political guy, but it has to do with Black Lives Matter and with the gay and lesbian community. And there's a rally going on. We are sending a guy there for our political site Ooh. called TrigTent.com. And he's going yeah. to be getting a bunch of video footage. And he's going to be asking a bunch of questions. And we expect he'll probably get kicked out. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I love Trig Tent. I love it because the headlines infuriate me to the point to where I'll click on it, whether I feel one way or another, or I'm like, yeah, I feel this way. Let me click on it. Let me let me read this. I, I love the diverse views you get, and it really challenges you. I, I really like that from TrigTent.com. I'm excited to see that. Maybe get me on a Trig Tent podcast sometime. You know, get Helms on a Trig Tent podcast sometime. Is he really? Is he into that? Oh, yeah, he's into that. So you know who we oh, wanted to yeah. get? I actually wanted to get Sean Morley, Val Venus, yeah. because Val Venus is a massive political guy. Like I, I've, I'm on his Facebook, and he just goes off on Facebook on a daily basis. I've been wanting to get him, but he, he hasn't been uh, responsive about it. Like He hasn't been receptive to it. Speaking of the Shane Helms show, you guys, it's on hiatus this week. I want him – at 100%. I'm not getting a jet-lagged Shane Helms for these questions because you better believe. Next next weekend's topic, we're not doing like versus The Rock like we did last week or backstage fights. We're doing what's up with TNA? Uh-huh. That's a good one. Now, how, how honest is he going to be able to be, do you think? doesn't matter. I'm still going to ask him. Are you going to ask him the tough question, Sean? Are you gonna be, Are you going to be the journalist on this one? Ask him the he tough questions? He what he signed up for. He never, he, Shane has never been like, don't ask me this. He has said something like, in regards to fights, if something's a little too touchy, I might avoid it. But he didn't avoid a damn thing there. He told a great story about how Goldberg said that Chris Jericho's mother was a goof. Yeah, but at the same time, he was not getting a paycheck at that time from Goldberg or Chris Jericho. So, of course, he's going to tell that story, right? Hey. I might I might send you questions for that one. Will you ask him on the air if I send you questions? Of course I will. Somebody asks if you think that Luke Gallows looks like a French bulldog. <laughs> Ironically enough, and this is such a such a off-the-wall topic, I guess, my wife and I have talked about getting a dog for probably the last year. And we have agreed that if we do get a dog, we're going to get a French bulldog, ironically enough. I think that if you snip the ears of the dog, which I would never do because I'm a big animal guy, but if you snip the ears of the dog, then he might look like a French bulldog, potentially. You should get six cats instead. That's exactly what I need. That's because I want to be shoveling shit like full time. Let me tell you, as a guy who works as much as I do trying to repair a 140, 150-year-old house – it's a lot of work. Nothing makes that easier than six cats running around. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that they're pissing all over your house? Is that what that means? Well, not anymore. They they did before we got them under control. Oh, is that right? Are you backhanding your cats? Is that what you're doing? That's exactly because what I can tell. Oh, dude, I I've, I know you well enough. I can tell that when you are off the air at night. You are loving up to those cats. Oh, I am. And you bring out the yarn, and you probably have like little balls with rattles in them. And we do have balls with rattles in them. We have balls with rattles. You're all about it. You're all. We have so many litter boxes lined up. It looks like a like a damn construction site with all the porta potties that are side by side. That's how they all look. Let me tell you a funny story. So the last cat that I had, who has since passed away. Uh, when I was moving from one place to another, a friend of mine, his job was to transport the cat from one house to the next. And on the way there, the cat shit on him, like 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 physically shit on him. And he swore, and he never did it, but he swore, one of these days, I'm going to shit on the cat. I'm gonna, oh, no. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it when you least expect it. 
And I was waiting for that for a long time. I just wanted to see it done. But it, so he never did it? Never did it. Never oh, did Thank it. God. We even talked about him shitting in the litter box and then just waiting <laughs> to see what would happen. But never happened. Somebody, somebody asked if I moved the Jeff Jarrett guitar from one wall to the other. Yeah, I did. I, you think I'm going to pay $30 for that thing and not put it on whatever wall I'm podcasting towards? Why did you change your angle? Because I noticed you did that. Okay, so like I mentioned, I live in a 140-year-old house, and it's a pretty it's a pretty big house. So we're not paying to run heat through every single room. We use gas stoves and uh, w- uh, window air conditioning units. We'll probably have the air done that way eventually. But I pushed my desk and everything up against this window for natural light, not realizing that it's getting warm very soon and I don't have a spot for an air conditioner. Uh-huh. I couldn't turn my desk sideways because I didn't want the air conditioner pushing into my mic. So I'm back here, the old angle. I like this angle better, to be honest with you. Good. Because the old, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but your old angle, sometimes you can see shadows under the door and it, it, <laughs> and it, it, it looks like somebody is stalking you and they're like standing behind the door listening. Have you ever noticed it's, that? It's always a cat. I, that's, I, that's what I thought it probably was. <laughs> But I would it's be, all, I would watch back the podcast with us because I always watch them back to see, you know, how I fucked up. Because you're an egomaniac. And, yeah, that's why. And uh, and uh, I would see shadows like under the door, and I would think that's a little bit weird. It's always Oliver the cat. His name is Oliver. He's a crony. He is my crony. <laughs> he is. You are too cool for words, my friend. Hey, I'm a cat lover. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Along with that, I have a cat as well. I do. I just don't have six, but I have one. Um, do you think we'll see our old friend Vince Russo at TNA? Um, no, no, I don't. And 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 the reason now, the reason I had to think about that is because him and Jarrett were boys uh before but i think that if they've already got boys, I think. yeah but if they've already got to and if they just brought in pritchard uh the was a good signing that yeah. was a good one they're not they help. just don't need them they don't need them so no but i will tell you this considering that he's so anti-wrestling now do i think russo would run quick if they offered him a job you damn right i think he would yeah i think he would too especially living in indiana yeah that's not that rough of a drive Guys, register at Fightful.com. We got all your wrestling news, your MMA news, your boxing news. We have Carlos Toro heading to the Barclays Center this Saturday to cover the Thurman fight. That's going to be awesome. We have UFC 209 this weekend, Fastlane this weekend, all kinds of stuff over at Fightful.com. Maybe you visited some other websites for the last 15 years. They're giving the same crappy layout, the same trash. Come over to Fightful.com because we got some visual updates coming soon, too, that you showed me, Jimmy. I liked it. Yeah, we're having some technical it. issues with that, but uh, we're working on What? So here's what happened, and I'm doing this for you because I love you and I look out for you, and you should say thank you. So the new, the new layout that they were going to put up, right yeah. before they pushed the button to put it up, they told me, by the way, if we do this, Sean has to make thumbnails manually for every story. So that ain't happening. So me, because I am considerate and because I look out for your best interests and I want to make sure that you're comfortable and happy – I said, you know what, leave it alone for now until we can figure out how to automate it. Don't put that up. So I did that strictly for you. There was no reason other than your comfort level. That's why I said, hold off. Here's how you do it. You make the default image size, whatever the image size is for the YouTube thumbnail that is generated. I think that's probably how it is. At an old place that I had, you couldn't upload a photo unless it was a certain size. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't it wouldn't go. Here, I can just generally take a shape, and it'll it'll do it. And like some of the stuff that Graham makes for us, it, it won't fit and stuff. But I like them for advertising purposes because Graham makes some awesome stuff. Did you see the shirt he made for Matt Riddle? Uh, no, the chosen the chosen bros shirt. Oh, that was Graham did that. Yeah, I saw that actually. He did that. That's good. I'm having the Bros Busters thing put on a shirt for me personally wow because that was a good so one too much. i i loved the virgil ghost oh it was great that was awesome that was awesome. graham sees these little nuances and adds things that i don't notice for weeks like he did the i am legend one with matt riddle 
and Matt Riddle was walking with a dog. I didn't realize that was a reference to the husky that right. he had found for like a week or two. I was like, damn, man, like the attention to detail. He on the army of broness, he put little Sean Ross sap heads on all the little little guys in the background. Awesome. On the big boss man when he changed the name tag to the big Ross man. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. You should create a gallery of his artwork. Like, do you keep every single one? I keep every single one. I have it on Facebook, but I have my Facebook set up to where, like, people won't find me except for the fan page. I, I do one of those. You know what? I was, I was actually – I was thinking about uh, doing a little uh, Jimmy Van gallery because I was yeah. – a, a little while ago, so Justin Roberts, as you guys probably know, is coming out with a book. He's the ring announcer for Raw. And he's a friend of mine, and he had asked me, can you help me figure out some of the dates of some of the indie shows I did and all that? And I was going back through some old folders from independent shows I worked f- with years ago. I found stuff like photos of CM Punk from 1999. Really? When he would have been, what, what would he have been then, like 20 at the time? Yeah. And I found photos like that, and I thought to myself, and photos that I had taken myself, and I thought to myself, I should, I should like post these. So, yeah. So I might get around to doing that. That would be cool. You also had a lot of old interviews and stuff that you sent me that hopefully one day we can get to the point where we can re-release those because I think those would do yeah, really good yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anything else you got before we go? Uh, I like your sweatshirt. It's uh, very stylish and fashionable. Sweatshirt? This is a t-shirt. Oh, that's a t-shirt? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a Fightful.com t-shirt that you all can get over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Are we doing our own store? Uh, we are doing our own store. It is going to be going up soon. I want to talk to uh, our personalities to uh, see if they want to join our little store. Uh, I have some designs in the works for certain uh, Fightful.com podcast hosts that uh, are going to go up in there, but I'm not going to say anything until they're done. That's well, Jeff going to be Hawkins awesome. will be happy about that. You nailed it, because that's exactly who I'm talking about. So uh, it's going to be a fun little, uh, a fun little treat, and you're going to enjoy it. Fightful.com, you guys. I'm telling you, it's the place to be. I want to thank you all. Our February, which was a shortened month, did more audio downloads than the first five months of the site combined. We've seen a, a giant increase over, like, I didn't think that we would be doing these type of audio numbers right now. Like, that's increased a lot. You all seem to be liking all the options there. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, you can subscribe to any of those. We've got more podcasts than anybody else. MMA every day with UFC fighters, former UFC fighters, Hall of Famers, uh, pro wrestling side. We got Alex on Mondays who covers the show. Nobody's going to be able to break that down better than him. He's covering every single minute of that. Tuesday, the award-winning Jeff Hawkins. Wednesday, the eccentric billionaire. Millionaire. <laughs> billionaire yet, are you? No, no, not quite. I actually want to throw out a quick little plug. Uh, even though this is the Fight for Wrestling podcast, I encourage you guys to check out an MMA show that we do every Wednesday night with a guy by the name of Sean Pearson, because yeah. even though he is a, an, an MMA fighter, he truly does not give a shit about anything. And I've, I've told Sean, he reminds me of hardcore Holly in that he yeah. doesn't give a fuck. And, and here's where it's going to get very interesting. Next week, Showdown Joe, who does the MMA podcast, <laughs> is going on vacation Sean Ross Sapp is going to be handling the MMA shows, meaning that Sean Ross Sapp is going to do a podcast with Sean Pearson. That could get out of hand because Sean Pearson truly does not give a shit. So even yeah. though even though you guys might be wrestling fans and not MMA fans, you should check that out because I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm doing something like 18 podcasts from this past Monday to next Friday. That's going to be that's going to be fun. You're quite, be, you're gonna, quite the narcissist, aren't you? Doing 18 podcasts in a week. 18. <laughs> I gotta find 18 different shirts to wear. Exactly. Between exactly. now and then. Uh, obviously, guys, Matt Riddle Thursday is the hottest thing on the indie circuit. Fridays, most Fridays, we have Shane Helms, who uh, TNA, WCW, WWE, he's been there. We have our post pay per view shows as well. Then on the MMA side, Mondays, I think we're, we've secured Robin Black, I think, one of the best analysts in the business. Tuesday, Elias Theodoru, 5 and 1 in the UFC. What more can you say there? Wednesday, Sean Pearson, a guy who left the UFC on a three-fight win streak, said, thanks, but no thanks. I'll see you all later. Thursday, UFC Hall of Famer Frank Trigg. We got a great like, host of personalities here, Jimmy. Yep, absolutely. It's not cheap 
putting together a site like this. <laughs> I'm doing it for the love of it, and I'm doing it because I want to make sure Sean Ross Sapp has a good living so he can feed his six cats. Yeah. And uh, it's working out pretty well so far. Yeah. I like it. Guys, Till next time we are out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.